All right, everybody. Welcome to Sunday night service. Welcome. Uh, thank you for being here tonight. Amen. So as you can tell, we got a, a little bit of a different uh, setup going on. Uh, if we can make our way uh, from the coffee bar into the main service, I know that uh, it's nice to drink coffee on a Sunday night. We all want to do that. Uh, but we're going to have a good time in here together this evening. So we just want to fill everybody in uh, in case you haven't heard uh, what's going on in the main sanctuary here. Um, so we uh, we had a flood a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it was not a flood of the Noah's Ark type. It was a flood of the John type. Well, what's the John type? The John upstairs sprung a leak, uh, the toilet in the nursery. And uh, anyway, it's been, uh, yeah, it's flooded a couple thousand square feet and uh, did a lot of damage. So here we are. Uh, we got a lot of stuff under construction at the moment. And uh, it's getting it's getting fixed. So thank you, Jesus, for insurance. Everybody give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. Yep. Insurance is awesome, uh, so they are getting on top of that for us, but it is going to be uh, just a little mixed up for just a little bit of time here. Uh, it took a lot of work to get us back into the main sanctuary uh, for this Sunday, so a uh, shout out to everybody that helped get things together uh, to get us back in here tonight. It was a little crowded in Victory Hall last week, but we made it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and open up tonight just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. So can we stand up together this evening? Praise God. We're going to speak some faith right here over the United States. And then uh, after we do that, I'll kind of give us a little bit of an update on uh, everything that's going on construction-wise and all that fun stuff. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and we're going to speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, we had a good time this morning, so uh, praise God for everybody that uh, was here with us listening to the Word of God. So I'll try to give you a little bit of an update on everything that we've got going on. Uh, so for the next... For the foreseeable future, uh, we'll be able to have the adult uh, service right in here. And then the children's services are still a little bit spread out because their classrooms definitely got damaged. So uh, we still got Jam Junior going on in the administration building and nursery taking place over in Victory Hall. And, uh, and so, and of course, youth groups over there and everything like that. But those are all just in different spots for the next little bit until we get things handled. Uh, and as you can see, uh, we've got some wonderful fencing here. And we mentioned this morning, it's not because we want to look like a 1990s punk rock video it's actually because we don't want kids going back there so or adults you know let's just get real sometimes adults can be nosy am i right yeah all right apparently that hit a little close to home 
if that was sensitive for you, it probably applied to you, okay? So just, you know, receive that correction. But uh, we need to keep everybody back here while they're uh, fixing things and, and, uh, and getting stuff done back there. Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. We've got porta potties on the property, amen. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're like, I don't see good news in that. Well, come on. First Thessalonians says to rejoice in all things. So if you can rejoice in a nice bathroom, you can rejoice in a porta potty. Come on. All right. So anyway, we got the porta potties going on and those are available out there. There's a hand washing station also. So make sure that if you do use them, do wash your hands because you should have been doing that anyway. Am I right on that? All right. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Um, now, we want to remind you that the uh, Lyft Women's Meeting Fall Kickoff is coming up. So, Mrs. Pastor, do you want to come up and give us just a little bit of information on that? That'll be in a few weeks. We took the summer off from the women's meetings, uh, but uh, we're, that's going to get kicked off again here in just a few weeks. Amen. So, September the 12th. September the 12th, I think it is. I don't have the form in front of me. Anyway, second Friday night of the month in Victory. The theme is uh, celebrating you. The ninth. Thank you, Cindy. It's September the ninth. Celebrating you. We're going to have a salad bar. So this is the deal. The church is going to provide the basic salad. You bring all the fixings or bring tiny sandwiches or tiny desserts. We're going to have a really good time. Lord, show me some cool stuff just to bless you ladies. So make sure you're there. Bring a friend if you'd like. I'll have a sign-up sheet soon. And I'm going to have a free gift for all the ladies that come. And your daughters can come if they can sit still and listen. All right. Hey. Did you say free gift? I'll take two. Go ahead and sign me up. Oh. Oh, she said I won't want it. Wow, okay. Well, anyway, praise God. So uh, we want to make sure we're getting things back together as we get into the fall time. And, of course, Harvest Fest will be coming up. And just stay in the loop on all that. We are going full scale this year, going full throttle. It's going to be absolutely great, just like the good old days. And, again, you saw that Bucking Good Pizza is going to be uh, do- uh, donating, amen, part of their proceeds uh, here in September. I'll get those dates probably on the social media so everybody can follow that up. But, anyway, uh, it's going to be an exciting fall time, and I know this much. I'm ready for fall. Is anybody else here like, you know what, summer, take a hike. We're so long, good riddance, we don't ever want to see you again. All right. Well, praise the Lord. You agree with me, right? Okay, all right. This is the right church for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Well, with all that being said, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. And you're like, well, what's that? Well, God loves a cheerful giver. So we get excited when it's happy time. Amen. When it's time to give. So go ahead and open up your Bibles tonight. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 11. Amen. Proverbs 11. I'll be in the New Living Translation, the NLT. Proverbs chapter 11. And we're going to look here at verses 24 and 25. Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. And so I love these verses right here, man. Uh, I just, it's just so pointed. Proverbs 11, verse 24, NLT, it says, Give freely and you'll lose everything you got. You'll just be poor. No, no, it doesn't say that. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. 
And that seems to go total opposite of what this world would tell us. It'd say, no, never give, because then you won't have anything at all. Just hold everything to yourself, and then you'll be okay. But the Word of God says, no, if you're like that, you'll end up losing everything. And so God's ways are different than this world's ways. Have you noticed that on anything that the world says, no, no, do this. And God says, no, 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 do this. It's always the opposite. But I have found out that God's ways are always the right way. Amen. (laughs) Always the right way. And then verse 25, I love this. It says the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so I encourage us that, you know, as we're being givers, not only to God's house, but to those in need and anywhere else that God leads us to be a giver, it's okay. As we give, we know the word tells us, Luke 6, 38, it will be given back to us. And as we do it, the generous will prosper. And that is a promise from God's word tonight. Can we get an amen this evening? Amen. All right. Let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our We have the projector working again tonight. So, hey, let, yes. All right. I enjoyed having church 1800 style this morning. That was kind of neat. I mean, you know, a little different. I liked it. All right. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. You can bring your tithes and offerings up. And even though the altar space is limited, you are free to worship at the altars. Amen. Because we love to be together. All right. Let's speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. His name with joyful praise, sing of His sweet salvation, morning to night and day to day, lift up your voice and thank Him, our God provides our every need, worship the God of mercy, who gave His life to save us, our God is really to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. Shout to the God of triumph. Let every 
every tongue proclaim His name. Boast in the resurrection. In Jesus, who rules and reigns, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. God is great, our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great, our God is great. His kingdom Christ and sings it. Our God is great, our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God is glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God is glory and of grace. Our God is So we pour out our prayers. 
shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. sins. You were raised from the dead. You were seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Lord, we know that not because we see it or feel it, but in our hearts we know that because that's where you live, that's where you talk to us, that we walk by faith and not by sight. We know how real this is. And Lord, for the times we live in, we want to be the best representatives the best Christians we could possibly be because we know that heaven's real. We know that hell's real. We know that eternity's forever. And we know that unless the rapture happens in our lifetime, that every one of us and people we know, they'll take their last breath someday. And as soon as they do, 
They're going to know how real things really are. And so, Lord, help us open our eyes to see what's really going on in the spiritual arena so we can be the best we can be for winning people to you, Lord, and get them to heaven too. Thank you tonight, Lord. We're going to see things in the Bible. We're going to understand things by the help of the Holy Spirit. That we're going to be better Christians than we leave tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord, thank you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you have your hope you have your uh, your pen, your pencil, your paper, something to write with tonight. And if you write on an iPad or you're able to write on a, on your phone, take good notes tonight. I got some. I told Mrs. Pastor some fresh, some fresh right off the Holy Ghost Press. I wrote down a few thoughts this morning what what he wanted to talk about tonight. And before we came to church, I stopped it a little bit like that. Man, he gave me some really, really, really good stuff. That uh, out of all my years of Christian living and preaching, I got a lot in me. And when I sit down with the Holy Ghost like that, man, all of a sudden he gives, he gives me a volume and it comes out. And so I believe I'm going to explain some things tonight in a really clear way that you've probably heard for a long time since you've been a Christian, but I believe you get understanding tonight. How many want to understand spiritual things better from the Bible? Amen. And so anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about what does it mean to walk by faith, not by sight? What does it mean to walk by faith, not by sight? Open up to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. And, uh, you know, while we're going to be talking about some faith things tonight, but uh, the devotionals I've been writing the last few months, how many have been reading those devotionals and looking at them, getting blessed? Well, the month, the whole month of September, man, have I got some nuggets on faith in there. I mean, some really, really good stuff. And I just, it's amazing me, you know, when the Lord has me hit a particular subject, like that, the things that come out, and then I start seeing things in the Bible come together. I've studied all these years. He breaks them all together in simple ways that we can understand them. And the, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think about, you know, the heart of a Bible teacher. You know, we got the heart of Jesus for helping people. And I, I remember one, one time when I first came to the church, I don't hit too many bunny trails, got too much other good stuff to put in here. But I remember when we first uh, came out here to California back in 2005, I'd been here for a few months. And I, I, I felt one, one time for a while on Sunday nights, I'll give people a chance to ask, ask a question or some questions that they want to ask from the Bible. And I had this elder in the church at the time, had an elder in the church at the time, but he's not here now. He decided that things weren't how he wanted them. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, when I said that, uh, he raised his hand to his leader of the church. He said, I bet I got a question you can't answer. I'll stump you. And I had to rebuke him. I said, I'm not here to prove how smart I am about the Bible. I'm here to help people have sincere questions. I said, I I don't doubt you've got a lot of questions you can stump me with. That's not the purpose. That's not the heart of what I'm doing. I said, there's people out here. They want to understand healing. They want to understand how to be delivered. They want to understand how to get their families into into the kingdom of heaven too. That's what I'm here for is to answer sincere Bible questions. So just be quiet. Amen. And so that's why we're here. Every time that uh, anybody in this church preaches or teaches the Word of God, none of us here are here trying to prove how smart we are about the Bible. We're here to show you how smart God is and show you how to tap into what He has for you to help you win in life for the battles you're facing. Amen? And, and you know, if you look at our, uh, our, 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 our church vision, is to equip God's people for victorious Christian living. To equip families for a victorious Christian living. 
especially the times we live in, we need to know how to get off the Bible the things that God has for us and get them into our lives working. Amen. Second Corinthians five seven. Second Corinthians five seven. Robert, we are got to just the fad just a little bit. It says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. We quote this verse a lot, but I want to look at the verses on both sides of it to help us understand a little bit more of what he's talking about. Uh, notice verse 6. He says, Therefore, we are always confident in knowing that while we are home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. While we are home in the body, while we are home in the body, while we are home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. And so all the time, all the time, uh, I, I make this statement because it's, it's real to me. And I think it's real to a lot of you too, that we're spirit beings. We temporarily live in an earth suit called a physical body. And that's what he said here. While we're temporarily in this earth suit, in this body, we're absent from the Lord. And then he says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And so, we, while on earth, we must navigate in the physical realm. Now listen to this. This, is, this isn't deep. It's simple. While we're on earth, we're living in two realms right now. Our spiritual man sitting here is connected with heaven. That's why we can sing the songs we just sang. That's why we can say the things we just said, because that's our spirit communicating with our heavenly home. But we're in this earth suit right now temporarily. So we're absent from there right now. And you know, I've got, I've got family back in Indiana. They're there and I'm here. Uh, but they're still real. I can't see them right now. I can't hug them, but they're there. They're just not where I am right now. They're in a different place. And that's what heaven's about. And so while we're on earth, we must navigate in the physical realm by our five physical senses. That's important you get a hold of this. Because we're going to be talking about how to, what the Bible means, how to walk by faith and not by sight. Our five physical senses, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. What we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch. That's the, that, 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 that's the, same, that's the same as sensors on your car. They tell you what's going on in that realm. Well, our senses tell us what's going on in this realm. And so that's just the outward part. We're navigating through this world physically. But at the same time, we must train ourselves to become skillful to operate in the spiritual realm. We've got to train ourselves to become skillful to how to operate in the spiritual realm. That's the faith realm. We can't, we can't, we, we can't see Jesus, but we call upon him every day. We can't see demons, but they influence a lot of things, a lot of people's lives. They cause a lot of problems. And we've got to not take authority over things we can't see. And if you're just going by senses, uh, I, I want to stay on course. But something I learned a long, long time ago that I help people with all the time that give me of problems. They want to pray about symptoms they see. And I say, we've got to get to the root, though. Lord gave me a word years ago, if you want to change the fruit, you've got to change the root. In our country right now, there's a whole lot of problems going on, and and everybody doesn't know Jesus, 
are trying to handle them one way, and too many Christians are trying to handle them the same way the world does. The answer to our country is Christians getting born again, renewing their minds, and doing what God wants them to do to get the gospel preached in America and making disciples out of everybody. That's, that's, the, that's the route to change the fruit of America. You can do everything you want to do on the outside, and we're going to look at some verses in a minute to tell you why we got to walk by faith and not by sight. But in many of your lives, you're trying to change things by sight. And not by faith the way the Bible teaches. And so we've got to train ourselves, become skillful to operate in the spiritual realm. And God calls this walking by faith, not by sight. I like to call it this. I learned this years ago, and I've always said it this way. I live by the word, not by my senses. That's called walking by faith, not by sight. I make my decisions. I make my decisions, not by my senses, but by what the word of God says. That's walking by faith, not by sight. And there's a lot of things I can say about that, but I want to stay with what I want to do, what I wrote down for tonight. And so uh, I, lo- I look many times at walking by faith, but not by sight, like an airplane pilot being instrument rated. How many have ever been on, on a big jet in a really, really, really bad storm, and they're coming down to land, and in good weather, you come down, you can look down for five miles up in the air, and you can see everything good. But you're in a storm, a really bad storm. They hit those clouds and you see nothing. And they tell them, prepare, prepare for the uh, final descent. And they're getting ready to come down and land. You don't see anything. And bad, they got the flappers going and slowing that plane down. There's not a thing you see. But all of a sudden, at the last second, right when they're hitting the ground, you see the ground all of a sudden. Because those guys are instrument rated. They're not flying by sight. They're flying by instrument. And for us to walk by faith, not by sight, we've got to navigate in this physical realm, instrument-rated Christians, by what the Word of God says, not by what our eyes tell us. Because your eyes will only tell you what they're picking up in the physical realm, not what's in the spiritual realm. Your ears will only hear what everybody else is telling you. You know, uh, I know when a lot of this uh, pandemic started and all the... uh, current crisis in America over finances and things like that. I, I got a word one night on a Wednesday night. That was this. Everybody's saying, everybody's saying, everybody's saying it's going to be this. Everybody's saying that. And I looked to Mark chapter 11, verse 23, said, whosoever shall say to this mountain. I said, I'm not an everybody, I'm whosoever. And so everybody might be saying that, but whosoever's not saying it. And then he said, whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, etc. Said, whosoever shall have whatsoever they saith. And so everybody else can say it. But I refuse to participate. Amen. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm going to be a whosoever. I identify with the Bible. I've been trained. I've been trained to fly by instruments. Which is the scriptures, the word of God. And so I look at this like, like pilots. And so they could be in the clouds. They could be in the dark. And they fly by what they're seeing on the gauges. And they make a perfect takeoff and landing every time. And so if we're going to live a victorious Christian life, we've got to become highly skilled in living everyday life and making decisions, not by what we see or hear. I'm not talking about natural decisions, different things. I'm talking about spiritual decisions of your life. What to do when you're under attack, you can't go by what you see. You go by what the Bible says. Amen. When you're making decisions... 
financial decisions, so many other things in life, health decisions. The doctors go by sight, which is great. Uh, man, do we believe in doctor of the church? We believe in doctor. We're not an anti-doctor. I had stage four blood cancer three years ago. I had 99% blockage in my main artery in my heart three years ago. And doctors helped me, but Jesus brought me through it really quick and got me healed with no damage. And so doctors go by what they see. They do their best, but praise God. We can see things, the word of God, get hold of the word of God, and we get help from heaven that they can't have. Amen. Lesser Christian doctors. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we walk by faith, not by sight. So we got to go by what the word of God tells, tells us we're going to be instant trained. Now look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. It says, verse 7, walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. That means being dead. Being absent from the body. And then we're going to be present with the Lord. We're walking by faith, not by sight, knowing right now, right now, we're not in heaven, although we are spiritually seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so he says, he says, we know and we're confident that one of these days, we're going to come out of the earth suit, and then we're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And so when we come out of our earth suit, we won't be walking by faith anymore. Because we'll see Jesus face to face. It won't take any, it won't take any faith where there's no body or senses or all this ugly world blocking your vision of Jesus face to face. And all of a sudden, we'll be in heaven. I'll say, hi, grandma. It's so good to see you again. It said, grandma won't be old grandma. She'll be young again. And I'll say, grandma, thank you for taking me to the Baptist church all those times when I was a boy and I heard about Jesus. I'll see my dad and mom. I'll say, hi, dad. Hi, mom. It'll be like filled with dreams. They're going to be young people. We're going to be young in heaven. And so we get there. I'll see them. As it doesn't take, right now it takes faith to know that my parents are in heaven. My loved ones are there. Because I can't see it. But then Paul said, then when we lay down this earth suit, we're there. And when we're there, there's no faith involved. And then we'll see that the streets really are made out of gold. And we'll see how low our faith was. We believe it for a little, little tent or a little trailer in the desert. Well, we could have had greater things because he's got mansions up there. We'll look around and say, I wasn't worthy of one of these, Jesus. And Jesus said, well, I don't care. I made you worthy of my blood. you got a mansion anyway. Because you're in heaven. We don't, we don't, like Jesse the Platter said that one time, man, he doesn't have any, any mobile homes in the back of heaven for you to go camp out in. He's got a mansion. We'll see those things. Amen. And we'll see, we'll see that God believes in walls. That might be a touchy thing today, but it's not to heaven. God said he's got a wall all around heaven because he said the wicked won't get through those walls. That's what God said. He said only the righteous come in. So we get there, all those things we heard about. Right now, right now, by faith, I know there's a river running down through the middle of heaven because the Bible says so. I'll see the river. Amen. Bible says there's a throne of ground. There's a throne of God got a rainbow over it. I'll see God's rainbow over his throne because the Bible says so. All those things we will see. But right now, right now, our spirit man is captive inside of an earth suit. And so if we are going to have success in this life, we've got to learn to navigate two realms. In this, in this physical realm we're in, we need our sense of smell. We need to taste. 
if something goes bad, it sure is nice to be able to take a bite there. Hey, that's not good. Spit it out before you eat it and get sick. Or worse yet, die or something. Or if there's a gas leak in the house or something going on and something's, something's not good, it sure is nice to smell that. God gave us our senses for a reason. Our senses help us navigate in this realm. You know, you're coming down the street, and even if you're air-conditioned everything on out here in the desert, you hear a siren with your ears. It sure is nice to have good hearing so you don't get in a wreck somewhere or get in trouble. And so there's a purpose for our senses, but our senses are for this realm, but then our faith is for the spiritual realm. You see what I'm saying? And we need to become instrument-rated. We've got to learn how to know when to use our senses and go by sight. And we've got to know when how when, when to shift over and start looking at the panel and seeing what's on there, what the panel tells us about our finances, about our family, about our deliverance from addictions, about love and forgiveness, about what we can do in the name of Jesus. We need to learn how to use those instruments. Amen. And you know, I just throw this in. And this, this is something I say every once in a while. Uh, you can't cast out flesh, you crucify flesh. Amen. You cast out demons, you crucify flesh. Amen. You don't, you don't crucify demons, you cast them out. And so we have, we have to know in the faith arena when something's a demon, when something's you. And we have to know when we're dealing with people sometimes, is this a mean person? Is this person got a demon that's causing that problem? You gotta know what to do. But the bottom line is, love never fails. That's one of the, that's one of the greatest gifts there is. In our faith arena is the love walk. Amen, amen. And so anyway, uh, if we're going to live this victorious Christian life, we've got, we've got to recognize that we're in two realms and learn how to navigate it. Now I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. And, you know, I, I, just, I just want to say it again. That all of us, if we've been Christians very long, whether whether we go to a Baptist church or a full gospel church, word of faith church, whatever kind of church it is, any church that teaches the Bible looks at Second Corinthians five seven time to time and tells the Christians we gotta we gotta walk by faith, not by sight. Well, you know, I think about I think about uh, the different uh, kind of pilots there are. I know there's pilots that are instrument rated. Can fly anywhere, anytime, do anything. There's some that aren't. They can only fly in the daytime. They can only fly short flights and do short things. And so there's different kinds of pilots, there's different kinds of Christians. Amen. You know, some Christians, I think they're weekend warriors. Amen. Amen. I remember back when I was a young guy that, uh, that the people in reserves, they call, they call, they call them weekend warriors. Because all they did is once a month for a weekend, they got they got to be a soldier. Then you had the full-time soldiers. Amen. You know what? We got some full-time Christians and we got some weekend warriors. They come out, man, they shout, they sing, and they jump like that. During the rest of the week, they live like the world. Yeah, uh, That just came out. That wasn't planned. But anyway, <laughs> nevertheless, it's the truth. Ephesians 6.12 it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. This is different levels of demons. Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world are not politicians. The rulers of the darkness of this world control a lot of politics. 
a lot of things going on, but there are things that those guys can't see and the Christians can't see. We've got to know there's something behind the scene causing the trouble in your life, in the world, and in the nation. You know, to me, to me it's so obvious, some of the things I've seen in my lifetime, that's got worse and worse with time. There's no way that a human being can be so evil as do some of the things we see taking place around the world today. Nobody can be that evil, only demons can. And they get control of people's lives. And so he says, Rast and I get these things against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why we've got to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Do you know that in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, He gives us power, authority, over all the power of the enemy. You know that Jesus told us that what we bind on earth is bound in heaven, what we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. There's so many things Jesus told us about what to do, how to navigate this physical realm by first of all navigating through the spiritual realm. He's told us to do that. If we would start doing it, it'd change your life. It'd change your family. Change everything around you. The more you learn to operate this way, but you see there that... That, that, that the Bible tells us there's lots of different rank and file, if you will, in Satan's army of demons. And we have to know that they're out there. Just as surely as the Holy Spirit speaks to people, so do demons. You know those little cartoons we see on, I guess it's still, I haven't watched cartoons for a long time. But uh, those little cartoons, see the man and the woman stand there and got a little angel on one shoulder, got a demon on the older shoulder other shoulder, and whichever one they listen to, that's what they do. Well, you know what? That had to be written by a Christian trying to let people know what really goes on. That's what happens. That's why, that's why, and you know, people don't have to be demon-possessed to be influenced by a demon. They're out there everywhere. We're not glorifying the devil, but nevertheless, we're exposing his works. The Bible tells us. And so, you and your, you and your, you and your uh, mate can be having a, have, having a little thing going on, or you and one of your kids. And things come in there, and a perfectly loving husband or wife, son or daughter, all of a sudden they go totally berserk. And say things, spout things, things happen. Well, something come here, and they just planted that bug in the air, man, just like that. And they grabbed a hold of it. And, and that's what, if you continue reading this about the armor of God, he said we take the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts. And then James chapter 2 says those fiery darts come from hell. And that's those thoughts that are anti-God, anti-love, anti-right, he throws, he throws at Christians that aren't instrument-rated. Christians that haven't got a hold of the Word yet, and they yield to that quickly, and they say that. And they get into a volley, and you wonder, man, what happened? That's not like him at all. Where'd that come from? Duh. But you know what? That's like a pilot flying that airplane. If the storm shows up, the pilot says, it doesn't move me. He says, I know what's on the other side because I'm looking right here. Just tell me. There's nothing in front of us. That mountain is way over there. And these things are way over there because man's supposed to tell me it's smooth sailing. There's no planes anywhere around me because I see what it's saying. And when we learn how to look at that way of the Spirit, know what the Word of God says, that by His stripes we were healed, so we are. By God supplies all of my needs, so He is. Amen. What if, will I submit to God, resist the devil he please? So he does. But what if it don't feel like it? Okay, you shift it back in and fly, fly by sight then. 
Amen. The devil doesn't flee because he feels like it and you feel like it. He flees because the Bible says, James 4, 7, you submit to God and resist him. The Bible says he has to. So you just keep on flying into the storm. You keep on flying into the clouds. You keep on looking at the gauges. My needs are met abundantly in Christ Jesus. By his stripes I'm healed. Forgiven I shall be forgiven. Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. Amen. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. I'm, t- I'm telling you how this works. This is how this works. And so, uh, Ephesians 6.12 tells us about what's, on, what's, what's in that realm that we don't see. By faith we know Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit's there. God the Father's there. The angels are there. But I tell you what, you can't stick your head in the sand and don't recognize that, that, that human beings are not your problem. You know, I, I just think it's so, it's so terrible that Christians would rather fight politicians than fight the good fight of faith. Christians need to stay informed. They need to make phone calls to the congressmen, senators. They need to emails, letters, whatever. Do all the natural things you know to do, but don't think those guys are your enemy. I want to say it again. Don't think they're your enemy. Wrestle that against flesh and blood. There are people out there that are yielding to wrong things. And so we got to be able to fight in the physical arena by, by petitions, letters and things. But at the same time, we got to be able to get in the prayer arena and speak some things forth. Now I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. And I want to say it, say it again. Tonight we're looking at about what it means to walk by faith, not by sight. And, you know, I've seen some Christians... That thought that said, walk by fear. Pastor, uh, went to the doctor this week, and here's what he said. Uh, but I'm walking by faith, but here's what he said. Well, you can tell what he said without getting in fear. I know that when I got diagnosed with stage four blood cancer, first thing I did is I looked at my instrument panel, and it said in James 5.14, it said, Call for the elders of the church if you're sick. Have them anoint you for all the name of the Lord. And what my training told me but I, to be able to, to fly by faith, not by sight, was when the elders of the church anoint you for all the name of the Lord, pray the prayer of faith. It says the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And so then when I made the announcement to the congregation what I was diagnosed with, and I saw a lot of people start crying, which was good, but pity would never get me healed. And emotions got hit. And when I said up here on a Sunday morning to the congregation, a lot of you were here, I said, I've been diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. And uh, at that time, they said 70% of my blood was cancerous. I had 30% of my blood that's actual blood, and it was going fast. And so that's what they said. But I said, I said, a congregation, don't anybody... Feel sorry for me. Don't anybody ask me how I'm feeling because my feelings say I'm dying. My feelings say I might drop over at any moment. But I said the Bible says in James 5.14, call for the elders of the church. And we had 18 of them. And I said, lay hands on me in the name of Jesus. Don't be far pray the prayer of faith. And then from that moment on, from that moment on, from that moment on, people ask me, uh, Say, hey, hey, Pastor, uh, what's, what's going on? I say, I'm getting better every day. 
And I know in the natural, they said, yeah, I bet you'll get better every day. Look at you, man. Got a couple guys beside you so you don't fall down when you walk in. And I come in zombified. And it was really, really, really tough to try to act natural. My brain was shut down because there's no blood going to my brain hardly at all. And so I didn't know much of what was going on on the outside. But my spirit, man, was strong for years. My spirit, man, was full. So I came in. My spirit, man, kept me walking. My spirit, man, kept me talking. And uh, before I got to church, I couldn't hardly walk. I'd fall. But oh, glory to God, I used all my faith. i get to those doors. I had a couple ushers met me out there. And then first, my first time I came in like that, they wanted to hold my arms up. I said, don't do that. I don't want the congregation to see me like that. I stay close. If I start to go down, grab me. But I said, other than that, don't touch me. And so praise God, every time through that process, I was able to walk up here, walk back without falling. Thank you, Jesus. But the whole thing was, what I'm saying is this, I was in two realms. My earth suit got hit. But I was walking by faith, not by sight. My spirit man didn't get hit. My spirit man was instrument trained. My spirit man was word trained. My spirit man walked by faith, not by sight. Lived by the word, not by my senses. Thank you, Jesus. Normal, 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 normal. And the devil couldn't kill me with the cancer, so he tried a heart attack. Right in the middle of the whole thing. As a matter of fact, it was August of, what was that, 2018? That's four years ago. Man, get the hospital. God says, you're a walking dead man. Did the test, said you got 99% of your right coronary artery is blocked. Said, you shouldn't be here. How'd you get here? I said, by faith, not by sight. <laughs> you know, Jesus brought me through that and so quickly got a stint put in and no damage, no damage, no damage, no damage. And that heart attack lasted for three days. I went through that thing for three days and finally got unbearable. I had to get to the hospital. But the thing, what I'm telling you is this, that didn't happen, those hillies didn't happen because I was lucky. I continued, I continued to stand with the Word of God, what God's Word said. Amen. And I'll, I'll say this, don't ever do something just because somebody else did it. I did it because I've been built up in faith for years. It's been my special area of faith and healing. And so I knew what to do when the attack came on me. I never expected attack to come on me. I've helped a lot of other people come through things, but because I was a skilled pilot, I knew how to fly through the storm. And I navigated through it. And so I want you to look here at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. <clears throat> this is a good passage. But I want you to see some things here. And we're getting now into showing you how you become instrument rated. How you become a pilot that can fly by what the gauges say. How you become a Christian and live by what the Word of God says, not by what everybody else tells you it's supposed to be. He says, but strong meat or solid food belongs to them who are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Well, that full age right there means spiritual maturity, means you're spiritual mature. Those who are full age, those who are spiritual mature, as says who by reason of use have their senses exercised. We're talking about senses of the physical body. That talk about you, the spirit person lives in there. That means by everyday training and practice. Have their senses trained to yield to the word of God that's in the spirit. You train your senses. You train your senses that you don't control me. I tell you what it's going to be. And once again, 
God gave us senses. We use senses for things in this spiritual, in this natural world. But whatever your senses, your senses give you information contrary to the Word of God, go to the Word. When your senses tell you you can't afford to tithe, then spirit man's got to rise up and say, I can't afford not to tithe. Because when I tithe, then that puts me in a position for God to rebuke the devourer. The windows of heaven are open for tithers. And so senses, you have to shut up right now. We're going through a financial cloud right now. But I'm going to fly through this thing with the word of God. I'm going to keep my eyes on what God said. God said that the tithe is holy and belongs to him. God said he rebukes the devourer. The windows of heaven are open. And whatever area of life it is. And you know, it might, it might be, it might be a family strife. I mean, it might be something that you're the one that opened the door on for a big hit in your family. But then, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says love never fails. And you look at the characteristics of love. And as you're going through that dark cloud, you're thinking things will never end. If things go on to your family, so I'm coming through this thing. I'm loving. I'm loving. I'm loving. I'm forgiving. I'm loving. I'm going the extra mile. I'm turning the other cheek. Do what the Bible says to do. I'm flying through this thing. I see nothing but darkness in my house right now, but I'm flying through this thing by faith. I'm not going by sight. I'm not getting mad. I'm not getting even. I'm walking in love. I'm not walking in forgiveness because the love of God's in my heart. That's how I'm living. That's what I'm going to do. And because the Bible says love never fails, the storm has to lift. You have to get to the other side. You see what I'm saying? That's how you walk by faith and not by sight. But he says that we have our, 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 our senses are exercised to discern both good and evil. So in other words, I'd like to say it this way. Spiritual maturity is moving from instruction to application. You're not just practicing anymore with somebody in that plane with you. You're flying solo now. You're doing it. That's because you practiced and you practiced and you practiced. So you're a spiritual mature Christian. You just don't quote the Bible. You live the Bible. You know, I don't, I don't want to put my life in the hands of some pilot that's read all about airplanes in a book. And been in a simulator. And hangs out with a lot of other pilots to know how to fly planes. I want to fly in an airplane that that guy's flown some planes. I want to fly in an airplane. He didn't just read the books to see the videos, but he's actually been out there a few times with his own family, take his own family flying. He'll fly the plane and know he knows how to fly a plane. Amen? And that's what we're talking about in our Christian life. When you're a mature Christian, you don't just quote the Bible, you live it. And, and Paul said it this way. Uh, Paul, Paul said, you said, you show me your faith by your words. I'll show you my faith by my actions. Don't, don't watch what I say. You watch what I do. Amen. That's the loudest preaching there is. And so he says, anyway, spiritual maturity is moving from instruction to application like a pilot learning to fly solo. Now I want you to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. Does anybody see anything in this? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. And when I, when I see things like this here, uh, th- this makes it so simple and you know, something I've learned about, we're going to be talking about physical exercise and spiritual exercise here. Uh, you know, we had, we had our farm out in Newberry Springs for a few years where we had the orchard and all the things we did out there. Had a, had a, had, had our own lake we worked on and did things. 
Man, I stayed in great shape doing that. Every day I had to work on irrigation. I had to work on pistachio trees. I had to work on lake things, doing lake things. And I got to where, for an older guy, I'm getting in pretty good shape. My That little app that they put on our phone said I was averaging for a couple of years there seven miles a day walking, just doing things out there. That was the average for the year, seven miles a day. And now we got this nice plush place we got now, this other place, people do the work. And so about every week or two, we get out to do something. And then I hurt for two or three days because those muscles forgot what it was like to do something. And now that the heat's ended, I'm going to start doing some more out there. But physical exercise hurts until you do it on a routine, regular basis. Now we're going to be looking at that versus spiritual exercise. It's really hard to get in a routine spiritually, to work out spiritually, to get spiritual habits developed. And so it's just like physical things. If you back off spiritually, it's kind of hard to get things going again. But like that pilot training, if you're going to be a pilot, then you have to train regularly. You have to go back all the time. Dr. Barclay, every year, I forget how long it is, he sends his pilots to the training school. But every year they have to go back, what is it, like two weeks or something, two, two, two really very, very, very strenuous weeks to fly his jet. They have to go back there. They have to keep on training, 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 or they don't get certified. And so to be a certified Christian, you have to go back for more training. Okay, so First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Now get this. It says, refuse profane and old wise fables. Now look at this. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Exercise thyself. Well, remember we saw in Hebrews chapter 5, they have their senses exercised. There's some exercise you need to do. He said, he says, exercise thyself rather unto godliness, for bodily exercise profits little. And so, God doesn't want you to be a physically lazy Christian. He said, bodily exercise does profit. Amen. He says, profits for a little while, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Because godliness is proper unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is. The life that now is, is your temporary earth life. He says if you will exercise yourself, if you will train your senses, that when it comes to making decisions in life, spiritual decisions in life, you tell the senses, senses, shut up, back off. I fly by faith now. Thank you. I'm spirit man. The word of God's in my heart and in my mouth. And I'm a doer of the word of God. So I'm telling you right now, senses, shut up. I told cancer. I said, cancer, shut up. You're not telling me what I can do, what I can't do. I said, heart, you be normal. You be healed. Hands been laid on you. We've done the natural things. Doctors did their part. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick in his name. They shall recover. I said, heart, you get better every day. And I remember that day, it was within a month after that surgery, Katie was with me, Mrs. Pastor was with me, in the heart doctor's office, man, I spent a couple days in the hospital right before that to run all kinds of super duper tests on me, and he went down through all those, we all sitting there, what was his big word starts with an N? Went down through there, normal. He looked at me, you walking dead man. He was an Indian man. That's how he talked. He said, you walk a dead man. He looked at the next one. He said, normal. 
He looked next to him and said, normal. But the next one, he said normal, went down through all the things. Normal, normal, no damage, you normal, you normal, you normal. I said, that's what I said. That's what I said. The word of God says, by his stripes I was healed, so I'm healed. Amen. Said, lay hands sick, they shall recover. And then the day came, sat down with the oncologist from all the blood cancer stuff. And she said, normal, 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 normal. But see, the whole thing was, I came through that darkness Walking by faith, not by sight. I didn't just play church. I let Jesus work through me. He is the head of the church. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, I, I want to read this again. He says, Bodily exercise does profit, but godliness is profitable to all things, having promise of the life that now is, and that which is to come. So he says that when we exercise ourselves, spiritual exercise that profits us in the life that we live in. It'll cause our families to be whole, healthy families. It'll cause our jobs, our income to prosper. It'll cause our relationships to prosper. That's what this does when we become people that walk by faith, not by sight. And so, the way you work out, I, I call this the Holy Ghost gym. You know, how many, well, I don't have to say how many of you, a lot of you do, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, the only time I've ever been in a gym in my life is go to visit somebody that's in there. I've never worked in one. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, what I'm saying is this. If Christians would get as serious about the Holy Ghost gym as a natural gym, your lives would totally change. Amen. You know, I know Christians... And I'm not knocking it at all. Everybody does what they want to do with their lives. I know Christians that can get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go to the gym and work out for an hour before they go to their job and work all day. No matter how rough or how gruesome it is, they get up at 5 o'clock every morning they get to that gym. If those Christians, like I said, I'm not knocking anything, but if Christians, any Christians, would have that same discipline to say, you know what? I want to start working out in the Holy Ghost gym. I want to exercise myself to godliness. I'm going to start getting up an hour early before I go to my job. Well, you know what happens? Now listen to this. Maybe this will be an eye-opener. You know, this is an alert, alert, alert. There's no resistance from the devil for you to go to the gym. He would love for you to go to the gym seven days a week instead of going to church, read your Bible, or anything else. And so he's going to take the pressure off, no matter how tired you feel, no matter how busy your day's supposed to be, he doesn't care if you go to the gym. But if you say, you know what, I heard that message that pastor taught on Sunday night, and I'm going to start getting up early and read my Bible more. At nighttime, when I go to bed, instead of looking at my iPhone and all the goofy, dumb stuff going on, I'm going to get my Bible out and read my Bible. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to exercise myself. I'm going to get in the secret place of the Most High. I'm going to dwell in the habitation of the Almighty. And I'm going to see what He's got to say. I'm going to work out the Word. You know what's going to happen? I guarantee you what's going to happen. You'll open your Bible and you'll wake up in the middle of the night laying there. What happened? Mr. Sleepy Man Demon came in. He helped you fall right asleep. Has anybody ever experienced that? 
It goes that way. He doesn't want you to read the Bible. Or the next day, the next day, you say, well, you know what? I've been working out in the gym plenty. I think I'm going to take a break this week. And I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock like I've been getting up and go to the gym. If I get up at 5 o'clock, I'm doing great. I'm just going to get up at 5 o'clock and just turn that time into Bible time. Well, 5 o'clock comes. Your clock goes off, whatever you do, and you hit snooze. And you lay there, and then all of a sudden you wake up, and it's five minutes till seven. Oh, i got to be at work! And jump up, you're out the door. But when you go to the gym, there's no resistance. It takes faith to work out in the Holy Ghost gym. It takes faith. It takes faith to overcome your flesh. And bind the devil out of your prayer closet, get away from your spiritual things, you start working out. Can you see what I'm saying? And so, and so to work out the Holy Ghost gym on a regular basis, you get the habit going, it will be habit forming. Uh, you, you need to get that sick place, you need to open your Bible, write verses down, and listen to this. This is, this is what happened in my life, although many years ago, you write verses down and you meditate it. If you read them out loud, they'll become a part of your decision-making thought process. And when things happen, when things happen, when crisis come, instead of getting shook, immediately you go to automatic pilot and the word comes out. Immediately, your first thing is, you're praying and you're praying God's word. You're flying. You're walking by faith what the word of God says. And, uh, and then, and then decisions have to be made. Then the first, your first th- thought is not called the prayer line. Your first thought is, what's the Bible say? Okay, the Bible says my needs are met, then they are. The Bible says love never fails, then it doesn't. And you begin immediately to say what the Word of God has to say, and then you're walking by faith, not by sight. But you know the strange thing about it? When you live that way, you don't even realize it. It's just second nature to you. It's just because your spirit's taken over. Your senses have been exercised to discern good or evil. And your senses know better. They try to tell you what you can do or what you can't do. Amen. That's how this works. I, I want to show you something that uh, the church is out of, Mrs. Pastor said. So this here is the, the, fir- the first day I walked into a Word of Faith church was the last Sunday in August of 1980. And uh, I'd been to, I've been in a Pentecostal church since I've been saved, but I started hearing Kenneth Hagin on the radio as I was praying for a pastor, a Word of Faith pastor. And this was the first Word of Faith pastor in Indianapolis. That's the first thing he gave me, this same card right here. I've had this since August of 1980, and Mrs. Pastor printed a lot of them since then, but it's called a Never Again card. And to me, this is things that helped me to begin to walk by faith and not by sight. And she's going to print up some more of them. I want to read this to you. As a young Christian, it says this, Never again will I confess I can't, for I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's what the instruments say. You looked out the instruments, and you know, for me, I know back when I was a truck driver, when trucking uh, got hard to find jobs back in, back in the early 80s, man, I, I just, I hated to go to try to get a job and have to go ahead and sit down and talk to somebody I didn't know and try to sell myself that I could be a good truck driver for them. But I would have to stand there and get myself all worked up. Sometimes, man, 
I'd even turn around and walk away and not come back till the next day. I was so timid about it. But I'd say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's Philippians 4.13. And then I'd say Psalms 5.12 says, I'm surrounded with favor as a shield. I'm surrounded with favor as a shield. And I'd walk right through that wall of darkness trying to stop me from taking care of my family. I'd be able to walk through those doors there because I was flying. I was on solo. It was me and Jesus. Or excuse me, Jesus and I. She wanted to be an English teacher, so that's, she still, I still get to be her star student. <laughs> Praise God, the grandkids are coming up, their day's coming. But, but, things like this here. And that's how I started learning verses off this card and learning things like that to where when any situation in life would come up, I'd be, I'd be in, you know, challenging times with people. I'd say, I can do all things through Christ with strength with me. I can do all things through Christ with strength with me. And what am I doing? This is how you walk by faith, not by sight. Your senses tell you they're going to turn you down. Your senses tell you they're going to think you're stupid. Your senses tell you, well, there's more experienced people. Your senses tell you all the reasons why it won't work for you. That's called, that's called walking by sight. I found out by experience, God will move a hundred people out of the way to get one believer up there in the front of the line. If that believer is walking in faith. And then, never again will I confess unmet needs or poverty, for my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Never again will I confess I don't have it, because God supplies all of my needs. You see what I'm saying? I'm telling you right now, the title God gave you tonight was, What Does It Mean to Walk by Faith, Not by Sight? It means that you say what the Word says, and then want me to give you the clincher that makes it work? Then act like the Bible's true. Just act like it. Act like the Bible means what He says. Never again will I confess fear. If I got any of the sample boys here that raised in my house, raise your hand, Josh. You were raised it. Pastor Dave, you were raised it. Did you ever learn 2 Timothy 1 7? Yes. 2 Timothy 1 7. Never give what I confess fear because God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. And so, anyway, this thing is low with that. She's going to print up some more of them. But things like that was my, was my pilot training school. I learned, I learned to get those so much in me. That the first, at the first, at the first, at the first sight of crisis in my life, I always, always, always look at the instruments. What does the word say? What does the word say? What does the word say? As I'm telling you now, as Holy Ghost filled, word of faith Christians, if you will get in the Bible and let the Bible get in you, then when you get in trouble, the Bible will come out of you. As the Bible comes out of you, it will change everything around you. Because faith does not deny things, faith changes things. Amen. Amen. Anybody get anything out of this? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We got some Holy Ghost in this church. You've been certified. You can fly by faith. You can walk by faith. We've been to the Holy Ghost gym. How many are going to try to get up and get the Holy Ghost gym at least once this week? <laughs> if you're getting spiritual flabby, get to the gym. Amen. Work out in the Word. Pastor Dave? Yeah, yeah. Amen, amen, amen. We can stand up.
Yeah. Glory to God. Does anybody, does anybody need prayer? Yeah. I'll tell you what, since I passed some time to Pastor Dave, that's not, not going to hurry on me much like it used to be anymore. If you need prayer, then come on up here. And, uh, you know, and some, something that everybody needs to get a hold of is this. I've said this over the years for other preachers. You don't know how many times I've said, if you need prayer, and I was thinking, I'd like to turn around like this and have them pray for me. Because I live by faith, not by sight. I don't live by how I feel. I live by the Word of God. And so, we live by faith. Amen. We're anointed to preach it, but then we have to live it by faith like everybody else. Amen. So if you need anything, come up here. We'll be glad to pray with you, Mrs. Pastor. You want to come up? Amen. Any more prayer team out there that's supposed to be up here to help us pray? Okie doke. Okay. ahead and wind things down for tonight man who's been blessed by the word of god tonight yes we walk by faith and not by sight hallelujah well we're going to go ahead and close things out but of course uh we have service on wednesday night and uh just stay in the loop on everything going on we'll try to keep you updated on the progress being made here on the building and we're believing that it's going to go quickly and efficiently and they're going to do the job right amen because that's important to us and we want it to be uh, uh just absolutely something where we come out ahead amen we're not going to lose any ground on it uh but we're going to come out ahead and we know that the lord is causing us to prosper and succeed in everything that we do amen all right well let's go ahead and uh, we're going to pray together tonight can we lift our hands as we do this father in jesus name we thank you lord 
that you are good and your mercy endures forever. And Lord, we know that as we go our way this week, that you are with us every step that we take, Father. And I pray that you would use us to be the light of the world everywhere that we go. Help us to show the love of Jesus. And we thank you that you're bringing us back safely next time. We love you and we praise you tonight. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow together. Let's do this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday.